When we think about uh, infertility, we often think that it weighs more on the woman that, that they're to blame. Right, but it's not true because when it comes to infertility, men have issues too. And, and this, this is Chick to Chick. All right, so we're talking about infertility and it affects a lot of couples. Mm -hmm. It's more common than you might think. One in eight couples will be struggling with infertility. And, you know, I've been open and honest mm -hmm. about it. I struggled with infertility. It's really difficult. It's really heartbreaking. And you try and you try and you try. And the woman, you know, bears the brunt and feels like, you know, we're to blame. And in my case, I was to blame. Was <laughs> it was your blame. fault. It was my fault. Um, but we can't lose sight of the fact that men have issues with infertility as well. Yeah, and I don't think that they want to talk about it. Maybe they're not really educated about it. I, I don't know that it's ever been a topic that I've even heard a lot of people bring up. I mean, women, you know, we're the ones that think it's it's all about us, right? right? And I right. think it's, it's alarming to me that there's one in eight couples that are having this infertility issue. And remember, ladies, it's not always your fault. Right. It's not always your problem. Men do have issues mm -hmm. with this, which brings us to our guest today. Dr. Russell Hayden is a urologist. Doctor, we talked about the statistics one in eight struggling with infertility. When you break it down, men versus women, percentage-wise, how many times is it a male infertility issue? Yeah, so um, I would say close to 50%. Um, there's going to be some sort of male factor present. Um, remember, it, it takes two to tango, right? And uh, if you think about it, it makes sense. Now, we have a different reproductive strategy than females. We produce a large number of sperm to find one egg. And it's really those numbers that can really impact a couple's attempts at natural conception. We're seeing a lot of folks coming in with numbers that are in the millions, but not efficient. And so it's difficult for sperm and egg to find each other. And uh, that's definitely a contributing factor for many of the couples that I see. And you talked about that. That's the first thing that happens, correct? When a couple comes in, the male gets tested first. Is that how it works? In a good center, it's kind of simultaneous, oh. right? So the female is going to have ovarian reserve testing, make sure she's on par with her age and something isn't happening faster than expected. And simultaneously, the male should get a semen analysis. One in 50 men do not make sperm ever. Um, and so it would be nice to know that before you potentially jump into the deep end of the financial pool on expensive fertility treatments. Is there a certain age that this will affect men? You know, women, we always look at it. You have a ticking time clock. You know, what is it for men? So much less um, important. Um, men will produce sperm in large quantities in the normal situation until very late in life. We've all seen uh, those stories, mm -hmm. right? Um, but there is some slow uh, drop in sperm counts over age. If there's a varicocele present, which is a common varicose veins into the scrotum, that drop will be faster. Um, there's also emerging data that the older you are, the higher chances you may have a child that's affected with certain conditions based upon paternal age, autism, things of that nature. So... 
let, you know, I'm going to say this as politely as I can. I was but wondering, you're stumbling. What's <laughs> I'm happening? Stumbling, I'm stumbling here. <laughs> You've got that factor there with men. And yeah. how do you break this to a guy that, you know, maybe your sperm They're like this. Yeah, the peacock <laughs> and they're pushing out their chest and the whole macho yeah. male factor. Yeah. How do you explain this to them and how do you help them understand that, Sorry, but you're the problem here. That's certainly a situation for some of my couples, right? Um, and number one, you have to retest. A semen analysis is highly variable from week to week. You got to have at least two data points. You deserve it. And we're trying to compute an average. I call it the male stock market. Oh. That's number one. So you ease them into it with language like that. Um, but also, we all have to realize as a generation, we're exposed to environmental things that no other generation's been exposed to before. There certainly seems to be a trend towards lo lower sperm counts across the board. Um, and, you know, one in eight is pretty high mm -hmm. uh, in terms of prevalence. Um, and so I bring that up with them as well. Usually none of this is their fault. Wasn't that party sophomore year, right? <laughs> it's going to be a combination of rare genetic variants that you inherited from great, great so-so on one side and a great, great grandmother on another side. It's a unique mixture of genetic variants in the hundreds of genes that go into sperm production that matters. If you got the wrong hand of cards, those are the cards we were dealt and those are the cards we have to work with. Now, I'm taking you back to a movie from like 1988. She's having a baby. And the problem was Kevin Bacon in the movie when they were trying to have a baby. Yep. And so he had to deliver his sperm count, his sample to um, the clinic. And what they found was he was needing to change his underwear. Now that was 1988. Are there, you know, factors like that that still are in play um, for men and different things that they can change even in their lifestyle? Well, lifestyle can play a role. There's, it's hard to move the needle when you're living cleanly already. It's easy to mess yourself up with bad habits. Smoking definitely affects sperm. That is probably your biggest ticket item, okay? Um, so that's number one, right? Um, ex I would say the extremes of the spectrum tend to affect sperm more so than others. So if you're running for your first marathon, if you're doing a marathon of Mario Kart every night, if you're doing um, a crash diet, that's controlled famine for your body and humans do not reproduce during the times of famine. So I tell my guys, I want you to live a life of moderation, live smart, common sense. Should men be going in to check their fertility before they even get to this point where they want to have a family? That is controversial. There's no real guidelines to suggest you need to be screened. Um, but again, if you have some underlying conditions, you know, sudden drop in ejaculate volume and you have diabetes, we need to check you for retrograde ejaculation. The ejaculation goes backwards into the bladder instead of forward where it needs to go. Um, if you have a strong family history, um, uh, if you have um, concerns in terms of your physical exams, so if you've had a uh, primary care doctors say you have a huge varicocele, but it never needs to be taken care of. They're rarely a problem. Does It doesn't hurt to have a discussion with a fertility specialist. Most varicoceles may not need to be fixed, but some do. Um, I had a gentleman uh, who uh, was 
basically produced no sperm for decades. And we fixed his varicocele, sperm are back. That's a rare case. I don't want to set unrealistic expectations. But if there are red flags in your history, you know, you had an undescended testicle as an infant, uh, you had a varicocele found as a teenager, or you have had some exciting years in your 20s and girlfriends never got pregnant, they broke up and they got pregnant immediately afterwards with another partner. These are things that would probably warrant at least a semen analysis. You can buy at-home semen analysis kits over Amazon, et cetera. They're not the greatest, but they'll give you a sense if you're scared to come into a clinic. Mm. Now, okay, so why would they be scared to come into the clinic? What are you hearing from men about how they feel about it? I think there's a lot of denial. I think there's fear in, in terms of um, financial implications. Will they have a, a biologic child? Is it possible? Um, there's a lot of feelings there. There's also a lot of um, self-image issues for some men, right? Um, you know, um, the presence or absence of sperm or low sperm counts, can that work on you from a, an emotional perspective, uh, your self-esteem? Absolutely. I see that occasionally. And that's where talking to a fertility specialist is important. So you can understand how you got here and how it, it, it you know, decouple those feelings um, as best we can. So we talked about the problems and finding the problems. We got to offer these guys some hope. Mm -hmm. If you do find that a guy has a problem, what are the treatment options available uh, to help them with their infertility issues? Yeah, these treatment options are expanding. So I can help with hormonal abnormalities. Um, now, you should never take testosterone when you're trying to have children. And that can actually turn your sperm off. Mm -hmm. And if you're in that scenario, you should definitely reach out to a fertility specialist. I can help you reverse it, for instance. Uh, but even some men have some holes in what I call their hormonal profile that I can fill. Varicoceles, we've mentioned that several times. Sometimes if we tie those veins off, you'll get a sperm count boost. I'm a big believer in supplements. I think all men trying to conceive, whether they have normal testing just starting out, should be on a strong antioxidant regimen. You know, uh, women are born with their eggs and they carry their eggs for the remainder of their life. But sperm are being produced sometimes up to 10,000 sperm every heartbeat. We can change the environment the sperm factory is in and therefore produce better sperm, uh, uh, better quality sperm and hopefully promote that embryo development. Shorter time to conception, fewer treatment options, fewer treatment cycles should you have to resort to treatment. And so I do believe all guys should be on antioxidants. Spoke a little bit about smoking. That's your big ticket item. Easier said than done. Smoking cessation. Um, and so and then there's also a variety of surgical options. Let's say you're making sperm, but you're blocked. I can get the sperm out. And typically that sperm can function very well. Um, even in men who never produce sperm, the factory is down. With current surgical technique, I can still find sperm, even in those men, about half the time. So there is still hope. Seek out your first and second opinions before you tell yourself it's over. 
Mm. I like that you're you're pointing that out and emphasizing the hope. And doctor, you said something that I thought was really important. You talked about not taking testosterone. Mm -hmm. And I see so many young men Mm -hmm. at the gym these days and they're all, you know, and I believe they're taking steroids, testosterone. Is that gonna hurt them later in life? in fact, uh, in in other countries, they have used testosterone and trialed it as a uh, male contraceptive. It worked pretty darn good. Anabolic steroids are essentially testosterone multiplied by 10. So they're going to shut you off even harder. Sometimes it can take me one to two years to get sperm production back online. Hmm. So if you have an older partner where time matters, a testosterone treatment plan can really close your window tightly um, because egg reserve has a finite um, uh, amount of time, right? Um, go ahead. I was going to ask one other one is marijuana. You did mention smoking, but is there a difference between cigarettes and marijuana in terms of sperm count? Great question, especially today, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So the, the data on, on THC and cannabinoids is controversial. They're not the greatest studies, um, but there are receptors down there. So it's doing something. Mm. The safest thing to do in the absence of good data is to stop, right? We weren't meant to be smoking cannabis every day. Um, but more importantly, the way you consume it. So if you're smoking marijuana, it's essentially three or four unfiltered cigarettes, Set the THC and the cannabinoids aside. There are a ton of combustion products that are highly toxic to sperm that come out of a burning plant. And so I tell folks, if you cannot quit your cannabis habit, I'd rather you eat it than smoke it. Mm-hmm. All Trade right. it in for a brownie. And on that note, we're going to wrap things up. Doctor, thank you so much for coming on the podcast mm-hmm. and, and providing us with this great information. And we certainly hope that... Um, Some men out there are listening. So thank you for coming on the podcast. It's great information. It really is. And I really do hope that um, the women, the men, whomever is listening, that it really provided the the hope and and to take away the stigma, I think, of it all. So, you know, that's always our hope when we do these things. And ladies, stop blaming yourselves. Guys, get over it. Yeah. (laughs) You might have a problem, but as the doctor pointed out, there's hope. There's Mm -hmm. hope. They can do something about this. Absolutely. We appreciate you being with us today. Do us a favor. Head over to our Chick to Chick YouTube channel. Like and subscribe until the two of us are back to chirp about another topic.